So in this uh, cultivation practice, our vihara, our uh, dhamma vihara, which we're trying to establish through precepts, restraint, meditation, inquiry, Mm. Mm. encouragement is to, um, to learn to meet yourself, to learn to meet what is familiar, repeated, sometimes, in fact, quite often, rather disappointing (laughs) or irritating. Meeting it in an unfamiliar way. It's the anatta, cultivation, not self. Mm. So, what's being expressed and presented in the Satipatthana teachings as mm, body, feeling, chitta, heart-mind, qualities. Mm. Seen more directly, presented directly, contemplated in a sort of subjective but anonymous way. They are just qualities that we take to be ourself, of course. But by the perspective of contemplation, the relationship we have with these experiences rather different, more dispassionate, disengaged, unbiased, not decorated, not squirming away from unpleasant features of the body, able to acknowledge its decay and death. Just, that's what it is. The flesh is that. Mm. That's just being absolutely honest, isn't it? This may sound kind of heartless, Except that uh, it's actually cleaning the heart of ignorance, delusion, fantasies, expectations, projections, even neurotic attitudes, like my body isn't nice enough or good enough. No, it's pretty much the same as everybody else's. <laughs> they're not such a lot. Of, they're not really a lot of fun, actually. But um, 
And you can also, you know, enter into something rather beautiful. It's also not deeply personal, just breathing in and out, entering into that. It can be quite beautiful. Just as a thing in itself. Refreshing, brightening, given. And particularly when we come to the domain of citta, heart, mind, this is really where this is very personal. This is, uh, you know, the intimacies of fear and worry, guilt, doubt, regret, craving, passion, anger, and so forth. So in the presentations, this is just the this is just heart citta affected by certain qualities, certain currents. Run through, and again they're rather anonymous. Does nobody know what aversion feels like? Is there some personal copyright on passion or delusion that you are the one who created it all? Now, when you strip it right down, then all the personal details of the particular things that annoy me and the particular horrible things that have been done to me and the particular passions and that I'm rather embarrassed about, you take that away, you just get down to the raw material and say, well, this is pretty universal. I guess this is why it's presented in this stripped-down way. There's something also really, really interesting that the Buddha, in his presentation, says is a mind affected by passion and then the mind not affected by passion, or the heart, whichever translation works for you. Heart affected by aversion, hatred, not affected by aversion. Heart affected by delusion, not affected by delusion. And you think, well, it's kind of um, negative, isn't it? Like, what about all the good stuff? the loving-kindness and the joyfulness and the clarity and the so on. I know, well, when you, when you clear these, the rest of it speaks for itself because this is the citta's nature when it's free. So this is, these qualities are not just the effects that run through it, qualities of goodwill, they are pretty much innate, but clouded over. When we remove those qualities, qualities are removed, this warm-heartedness, compassion, uh, clarity is revealed. There's a very kind of practical strategy because I imagine most of us would like to feel we could get a little bit more 
kind or compassionate, a little bit more cool and less obsessive. I want to be like that. And that's a good idea, but the strategy for realizing that is the anatta strategy, which is, no, you don't have to be that. Just release those effects and these will shine forth for you. And you're learning this directly in the territory um, that begins to manifest. To be less mysterious about it, the memories, the habits, the patterns, the obsessions, you know, the woundedness, and so forth, the sore spots, they arise. They seem like me in a very kind of disappointing way. And uh, I don't like that. My irritability, I don't like it. Mm. My grudges and bitterness, I don't like that. And, uh, you know, so not asking to like it, to like yourself, but just to acknowledge these qualities as they arise from a different place, a place of awareness. This is the mind affected like this. This is the heart affected by this. And as it's affected by this, it gets contracted, struggles, suffers. Mm. So the response isn't one of, you idiot, pull out of it, get it together, (laughs) stop the being that way. Uh, But uh, how is that? How does that feel? And then the willingness to really spread one's awareness over these unlovely aspects is called compassion. The understanding is that these are these effects arise based upon ignorance and craving, which is not a personal decision. These are kind of built into the unawakened state. There's no way that you can have been born and arrived here without ignorance and craving. Yeah. Some kind of not really realizing truth, freedom, the innate nature of citta. It's been muddy, it's been confusing, it's been panicky, it's been blurred, it's been compulsive, Mm. Uh, it's been nervous, 
restricted, uh, wavering. It's been like that. It's been giddy, impulsive. It's been like that. It's been forceful and demanding. It's been like that. And it's been critical of itself for a long time. So where do we begin with this process? Stop the reactions of blaming, criticizing, defending, denying, running away, getting desperate. Instead, and we don't turn away from it either. So, the result is, compassion is born. So when you notice these uh, residual qualities that become more apparent in this, this dumber place when you're no longer putting things on top or adding something to get away from this territory, unresolved territory, the territory rises up, the memories, the difficult places. Sometimes you can't, don't even know what it's about, just some strange fearfulness or grip or feeling of heaviness something wrong with me, guilt, not really, haven't really made it, failure, you know, it's heavy states. And then the response can be one of, don't let, oh no, change it, something else, or whose fault is it? So we scan around for some likely targets of who's, who's to blame for that. And generally somewhere on the hit list is me. <laughs> and so it goes and so this really reactive strategy of blaming and, and the blaming uh, intensifies the sense of the unworthy person intensifies the sense of self person who, no matter how many times they've been told, can't seem to break out of their habit. Uh, so again, the, you know, the blaming, the failing, the measuring, the judging. Uh, and so naturally the tendency is just to turn away. The quality, the strengthening of the heart that... Uh, becomes eventually, you know, hopefully, <laughs> one's last refuge, you know, the one that really works is be with it without judgment, blame, tribunals, regurgitations. Be with the heavy or the wounded or the sore or the chittering. And sympathetically this is not self this is a heart and it produces images of myself images of other people but it actually isn't that person is not there
So we touch just the, the raw material of it and compassion. Often in these um, compassion practices, people like to send it out to other beings in the world, and that's a lovely idea. And certainly there's beautiful things one can do. But actually, <laughs> you know, when the Buddha presented this, didn't really direct it to anybody in particular just to generate that vihara of that which is willing to meet the uncomfortable, the stressful, the sore, the failed, the depleted, and open around it. Whether you call that yourself or you call it other people, doesn't really matter. Perhaps you don't even need the names, you just need to feel that quality as it is. compassion practice. So as we tune into that, you may indeed start with a recognition. What's it feel like when another person takes the weight off your back? What's it like when another person takes the pain of a wound. What's it like when another person reaches into, you know, your sorrow with sympathy? What's that like? Has that ever happened? To any degree. We probably acknowledge it has happened. Someone has bent towards you when you're in your distressed state or your broken state or your failed state with warm heart. We touch into that memory, bring it up, the image, breathe it, extend it, get a full feeling of it to bring this quality, this potential of the heart to the fore. And you might also notice occasions when you have you know, manifested that to other beings in stress or in pain, which seemed quite a natural thing to do. It was natural. Not something you felt you had to do as a Buddhist practice, but <laughs> you see something in pain and you want to go there and help it. That quality. So, conjure these Remember these, recollect these, dwell in these, and uh, breathe them till they really get enriched by your composure, 
your steady body energy enriches them and takes it deep into what you're experiencing. Meeting yourself in an unfamiliar way, meeting yourself with compassion. Mm. 